Welcome to Threshold Stories, crossing thresholds one story at a time. I'm your host, Jeff Gora. Today's guest, Tim Grismer, teaches systemic classes. And if you don't know what that means, think breathing. Tim was an athlete in college at Wingate University doing pole vaulting and other track and field events when he got invited to a martial arts class. First class wasn't his favorite, but by the second class he realized there was something there for him, and at age 62, he still does and teaches martial arts in our local community. Tim is what I call a breathing expert, with insight into what makes people's sympathetic and parasympathetic systems perform the way God intended them to. Without further ado, Tim Grismer. So Tim, when I met you at a local event in town here, and you shared with me in the first couple of minutes that you have grand interest in breathing. Right. I didn't know how to respond to that. Should I say, you know, I really like urinating or I have an interest in sneezing because right. breathing is such a fundamental thing that no one talks about it in the same sense we don't talk about urinating or sneezing right. and stuff like that. But as you started talking, I snapped my fingers and I said, I got to have you come on one of my podcasts because you went down a direction that I don't think anybody understand, or maybe one in a thousand understand. So to start, Tim, tell the audience where your interest in breathing came from. Well, it, uh, you know, through the martial arts. Now I, I got involved in the martial arts because mm-hmm. I was an introvert. Um, you know, when I was young, I had a, a very bad speech impediment and the, the best defense right. when you're a child and you have a speech problem is to don't talk. Okay. That way people don't know that you've got a problem and they, you know, and then they don't make fun of you at all. So it was really a blessing. It's a very interesting early threshold in life to overcome. Uh, it was, uh, but, but a, a definite blessing to me as, mm-hmm. as I look at it, because uh, I've, became a very good listener because if you're not talking then you know, you've got to listen to what people are saying or just completely tune out or, or tune you chose not to do the latter so. right yeah so i i would listen uh, when i got into college a friend of mine asked me to go to a martial arts class with him mm-hmm. and and I, honestly i i went so that because he, he kept asking me and i you know, I, i'm kind of a bigger than the average bear and mm-hmm. uh, an athlete in college. And I thought, I don't really need that. But uh, to appease my friend, I thought, I'll go to a class. Sure. I'll tell him it was okay. And we'll forget about it. Mm-hmm. So, so I went to the class. I kind of already know how this story ends, but keep going anyway. Yeah, even so, though I've never heard it. Yeah. So the next day, mm-hmm. you know, we're in, you know, at, the, at the college. And he says, how did you like the class? And I said, oh, it, it was okay. Mm-hmm. He said, are you sore? And I lied to him. I said, no. <laughs> Well done. <laughs> and he said, so you'll be back. So I had to go back. Did you lie again and say yes? No, I- well, I did go back. And okay. then the second class is, is what got, got the hook in me. Mm-hmm. And um, I just felt like it was something that would help me be a little more out, outgoing. So I'm still an introvert by nature, but the, the martial arts class helped. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, signed up for a speech class in college as an elective, which was... Somebody uh, prod you on that, saying, hey, this might help? No, I, I just... Uh, you just wanted to do it on your own. It was, you know, you, you got to face your fears. 
and I've heard you talk about it, do something that you're afraid of. Mm-hmm. So I, I took the speech class because I was deathly afraid to, to do that. Uh, did quite, quite well in it. So um, you know, as I mm-hmm. progressed in the martial arts, the, you teach it now. Oh, I Marjorie. do teach it. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that you, was, you that truly was, progressed. Yes, I have. Yeah. So uh, um, uh, one of the things that um, I was very good at is is the form mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. technique. Because again, I was I was a pole vaulter, long jumper, triple jumper. Uh, would throw the javelin from time to time. All of that, of course, is very high technique. And it helps in marriage a lot too. It does. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I understood technique, mm-hmm. but there was something missing. So even though I would work on refining technique, and so my thought was the breathing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at some point, I wanted to know, how do you incorporate breathing and, and, and merge it with proper technique to get optimal mm-hmm. performance? So it was very hard to find because I thought in martial arts, everyone studied breathing. Mm. Uh, but here in America, not so much. <laughs> you know, you'd think every doctor studies nutrition, not so much. Right. And yep. you'd think that people who study athletics events of any sort would understand the fundamental tools of success 101. I mean, right. metabolism and oxygen intake are inseparable. Yep. No, they, they absolutely are. And so in a lot of the, you know, what, what I see people do, like when they're lifting weights, mm-hmm. I, I I, I know where this is going. It's just you're, right. They hold their breath. Somebody taught him somewhere is that that's what you're supposed to do to get an extra push in. Yep. Not realizing at all what the damage is that's happening. It's doing great damage to the body, and all of that can be changed. And just the awareness mm-hmm. of how to do it, and we can talk about that if you want. I can explain how just simple things that anybody can do to learn, relearn how to breathe properly. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with babies, babies are born, and you know, we look at babies, and, and you know, they calm us, but when we watch them, we see their bellies. You know. mm-hmm. Right. And then uh, we destroy the baby's natural breathing because, you know, they start to walk, and they're almost to fall, and then we go, don't fall. <laughs> you know. Right. And, and we so, set an example right. of the wrong thing to do without yeah. meaning to. No, right. No, no parent would intentionally destroy proper breathing of their parents, but they do that. So connecting the dots here a bit, um, you probably don't know this story. The first person I ever brought on the show when I was learning and I had learning my equipment and everything was, it was the Jill Hinson, the lady who started the local Pilates studio here. And when I started doing Pilates with her, it was more of anything else, a response to my wife suggesting I do it. And I'm having, and I was experiencing I'm going to call it a chronic injury, but once every 18 months, 24 months, I'd have some injury occur right. associated with doing what I was doing. And now they were never debilitating things, but I was pretty convinced they were preventable. And Jill, like any other good Pilates instructor, starts with, you know, breathing 101. And she swore to me it would make a difference. Of course, I'm trying to compete at a pretty high level. Right. And um, I'm here to tell you it made a whale of a difference, especially when I started doing ultra-distance events. Uh, cycling through the foothills of the Alps and what have you, when I could control that breathing, I was passing everybody, including people who were young enough to be my kids, you know, at world championship level events. That would not have happened 
I would probably still be getting injured if somebody hadn't taught me the 101s of breathing. So let's jump to that topic for a second. 101s of breathing. People do it wrong. You see it all the time. Do it in 90 seconds. What are the 101s of breathing? Uh, Continually, continually breathing. So you need to stop the breath holds. So when you get in your car, you open the door, you hold your breath, you stick your leg That's in, right. sit down. Mm-hmm. When you get out, you open the door, you hold your breath, you get out. And so if you just go, you feel the tension. Mm-hmm. And that's the tension you feel. There's a more tension that you're not feeling that is restricting the, the vascular mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, your chance of injury is much greater. Uh, so and everyone knows you put two drunk people on a sled and you put them down a sleep, the steep hill, or rather one drunk person, one sober, you put them down a steep hill, the sober person's going to get hurt, the drunk person's just going to roll and get up and laugh. It's because they are, their brain function is slowed down enough, they don't know to get tense. So if you can go through it. I have never heard that, by the way. Oh, but Keep going. But you can control and eliminate that tension in, in your everyday life. So with breathing, the, the interesting thing about the pulmonary system, the breathing system, is you can tr- control other body systems, the nervous system, the vascular system. You can strengthen the skeletal system. Uh, but most importantly, the anatomic nervous system, you can control with proper breathing. That's your parasympathetic and sympathetic. So most people walk around in life with mm-hmm. this tension, so they're walking around in a sympathetic nervous system. So when you think of sympathetic, you know, think sympathy. So you've got sympathy for yourself. You feel sorry for yourself. Um, you know, I got behind a school bus coming up here. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was, could have been running late. Most people, I think, would be, ah, a school bus. And then they start this tension. That's right. Which starts to shut Guilty down. Guilty is charged, by the way. Right. So your body starts releasing cortisol adrenaline which is good if a bear is after you but if you're behind a school bus it serves no function so inadvertent inflammation it does so it it does cause you know definitely inflammation you're restricting the vascular system because every blood vessel and artery is surrounded by muscle so if you squeeze that muscle what's happening to that that blood flow You're, you're restricting it so uh, if you can get to a parasympathetic system, which is you know rest and digest, calmness, then you know all of the organs below the diaphragm are able to function the way that they should function. So talk about that again. There's the, the diaphragm. When you can, I think you should dwell on that. And then you talked about the difference between the organs north of the diaphragm and the organs south of the diaphragm. Go through that. Right. So uh, <clears throat> south of the diaphragm are the uh, uh, the organs like kidney, liver, bladder, uh, mm-hmm. intestines, and those things are, again, I'll use the word rest and digest. Those are where the body uh, takes food, creates ATP, <coughs> which is the energy. It's the chemical that gives us energy. So it's, it's important that those things are functioning. It's why a lot of dietitians will talk about uh, fasting, mm-hmm. because during the fasting you're allowing the, uh, you know, the, the, those organs to kind of shut down and then the body to start healing. 
So if you're in a sympathetic state, the body, those organs can't do their job. You don't heal. You don't create energy. Right. And that's why people with a lot of tension oftentimes are low energy because they're, they're, the, the, the stress on the so autotamic Some people, system. some of you listening right now are probably <laughs> experiencing a mini sense of conviction here with the hearing that the connection between why your energy waxes and wanes and the fact that you are inadvertently tense often can be fixed by just learning how to breathe. Uh, very, very easy. So uh, there's simple things that, that you can do. And, and so we'll, I'll, I'll mention those in a second. But to get to the above the diaphragm. Mm -hmm. Lungs, so, heart. Lungs and heart and stuff. So when we're running or lifting or doing a lot of work, we're aware of the lungs and the heart. You know, boop, 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 lungs, heart pumping and lungs and everything. And so, um, uh, but we don't want those working harder than they need to work. So with the anatomic nervous system, when we get into my that... Rest, my resting heart rate right now is 42, by the way. So yeah. I get that. I fundamentally get that. Oh, great. Yeah, because that's... Um, uh, my resting heart rate is around 43. So, uh, and, and so you can affect... Well, you have to pay sales tax on yours. That's why mine's I, I do, 42, right? right? <laughs> uh, but the good, the good news is, is that we can affect this anatomic nervous system by learning to breathe properly again. Because again, when we come out of the womb, we we are breathing properly. Once we get that slap on the backside. So you were talking um, earlier with me when I first met you about one of your, I'm going to call them customers. That's probably not the right, maybe it's client, were um, military people who had to train and learn how to combat multiple assailants simultaneously, right? So right. Marines, special forces equivalents. Right who are being attacked by more than one person at a time. And you said one of the first things that they screw up is their breathing. It is. And it can cost them their life in battle. A absolutely. So go through that. What do you mean the first thing they screw up is breathing? So the, our uh, sympathetic nervous system, if, if we're sitting here and the glass breaks, we're going to get that shot of adrenaline uh -huh. and immediately you know, see what's going on. But then we should shut that off so that we can now function. So, so it's good that we can do that because, or that we have that shot of adrenaline because that can save our lives in alerting us that something's wrong. But then once we have to go into action, we have to eliminate that tension. So just uh, exhale and you feel the tension go. So if you've got multiple attackers, you've got to be able to move freely and the chance of getting hit with multiple attackers is, is pretty good so if you get hit you have to have that relaxation so if i'm hit in the shoulder so that it can move and i can respond to the attack if i'm tense then the hit is going to have a great deal of effect mm. plus i'm going to wear out very quick because that tension means that I'm overworking the muscles. So if I have about three attackers and I'm tense, I'm fighting four people. I'm fighting the three attackers and my own tension. Right. Mm -hmm. If I can eliminate the tension, now I'm only fighting three. Mm. Okay. And, and I like those odds. It's three to one's better than four to one. I'll give you that. Well, it, it is. So and, what do you tell them? So you're, you're dealing with guys who are proficient in weaponry that we can't pronounce, let alone spell. And... 
you're saying, oh, by the way, that thing that you were learning, learning when you were like a minute old, we got to go back. You haven't been doing that right. I mean, how do you, what do you, how do you teach them that? Just simple exercises and drills. Um, and, and of course, for those guys, once they learn the basics, which everyone should know, then we'll do drills that, you know, we ramp up the, the stress level so that they can train to keep their stress level down. That should be easy considering it's an election year. It, a lot of people could use the uh, right could could use this during the election <laughs> mm-hmm. year. Um, so so what, when they're in battle, right, and you, you're telling them you have to control your breathing, what's the um, mnemonic devices or what's the the tool you say that you need to do this in order to make sure you don't forget to breathe? It's just practice. So, Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> did you hear that? It was I set Tim up to answer that. If you don't practice breathing the odds are more likely that you're going to do it wrong than right. Isn't that about fair? Well, it is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you know, if you're a marksman, you can't go out and fire 10 rounds and say, okay, well, I've, I've shot the rifle. You, you've got to practice over and over and over. And the conditions, you know, a, a good marksman is going to practice in the cold. They're going to practice in the heat. They're going to practice in the wind. They're going to practice when they're tired. Uh-huh. If they're having a bad day, that's a good day to go out and shoot so that you can be practicing in all the different uh, uh, adversities that you'll run into. Um, the, you know, and again, with some very basic things that everybody should do, mm-hmm. then, uh, and, and again, it's like I talk about getting out of a car. So what everyone who hears mm-hmm. this can do, when you're about to get in the car, uh, one of the principles of proper breathing is leading meaning you start the breath then you do the work um, so we've all seen weightlifters who they grab the weight and they start the lift and then they go <sighs> so what they're doing is they're starting with tension yeah uh, which i have multiple family pseudo family members who are routinely struggling with some sort of injury and it's inseparable from what you just described right. so what you do to, to lift is you go <sighs> and then start the lift do the lift. Once you're done with the lift, finish the breath and then reverse the, bre- the breathing process. So getting in and out of your car or getting in and out of bed, picking something up off the floor, start an inhale or an exhale. So if I'm going to get up, I'm going to start an exhale. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get all of the way up, finish the exhale. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting up with relaxation. And what and if you'll do this, what you're going to find is that you immediately start to feel relaxed. Uh, I have uh, I've students who are you know, women who come to my self-defense classes who they walk in and their shoulders are touching their ears. <laughs> and, and after an hour, you see their shoulders drop mm-hmm. and everything. And as they're relaxing because of the breathing, you'll see that their movement becomes much more efficient. Uh, they're very hard to, to grab. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'll teach, if we're working on escaping holds, it's very hard to grab them because they've got that total freedom of movement and that relaxation. If, if I yeah, could, it's easier to grab a tense object. It's the equivalent of the difference between grabbing a stick and grabbing mud. Oh, it is, yeah. You know, uh, uh, Vladimir Vasiliev, who's the uh, head system instructor in, in North America. Uh, I you know, heard a, a gentleman 
talking about working with Vlad. He said, with Vlad, it's trying to grab fog. He is so relaxed that you, you're just trying to, you know, it's like grabbing water out of the lake and stuff. You just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, again, just the, the breathing and the relaxation and all. So, you know. So one of the items that comes up a lot with um, athleticism, physiology, people who work beyond what's typically considered their peak years, because you said you're 62, right? right? And you're still doing martial arts teaching as if right. you were 42 or 22 or whatever right. they just. What's the return? Like, you put $100 in a savings account, your return is pretty crappy. Put $100 in the stock market, more than likely it's, your return is going to be good. So what's the argument for, re- what do you think the return has been in your life for getting good at breathing? It is, uh, it's like putting money in, a, in an account where your interest is compounding. For sure. Because the better you get at breathing, the, the more calm you'll be the better your body systems function. The more you can work on other body systems mm-hmm. by using the proper breathing techniques, uh, the more likable you are. Because when you're not walking around with that tension, because uh, that tension, people feel the tension. So I can sit here and I can go like this, right? And, and I can see where once I did that, you had a uh, anatomic response to it. So I do, that's right. right. I'm no different than anyone else. Right. So if I'm walking around with that tension all day long, it's affecting the people around me. You know where I see it, I think, the most is the speed of a person's gait. Yeah. I see that. There's a, they, they subconsciously think they're being efficient, and in reality, they're a tense ball of mess. Right. And it truly turns people off. Yeah. yeah I, I, my, I can see, I watch my children walk. And they both walk relatively slow, and neither of them are tense individuals at all. But my, specifically my youngest one, I know he's, when I see him walking fast, that's kind of a flag that he's got a tension issue going on. Right. He didn't even know it. He's pushing people away from him. Yeah. Right. You know, people aren't, aren't, aren't aware of it. Again, yeah. sympathetic, you know, you, 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 your emotions tend to go inwards. That's true. You know, again, thinking of yourself. So you want to be parasympathetic, which is opening everything up so um you know again the the return is is in every aspect of everything that you do Uh, so for a lot of people that i talk with it's simply how how do i eliminate stress how do i calm down how do i deal with everything i've got in everyday life and then with some of the the people i train with with martial arts it's about the athleticism and the efficiency uh, you know, some of my younger students are, you know, they they wrestle, they do other sports, and you know the breathing helps them out tremendously. Uh, for a couple of years, I helped coach swimming, and one of the things I worked with uh, with some of the athletes was again this proper breathing mm-hmm. and how it you know helped them uh, get more efficient on their stroke. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, stroke efficiency and relaxation when you're swimming. Well, in, in any athletic endeavor, relaxation is paramount. Oh, you're preaching to the choir now. Right. One of the things that catches me about thinking of, of breathing as a uh, individualized, practicable skill or a trade is um, the lifetime reward slash investment on it all. Like, I treat, I coach triathlon, duathlon, and ultra running. 
and in general, those do not trickle through into your everyday life, right? right? You know, there's a joke that says, how do you know if somebody's an Iron Man? I said, you don't need to. I promise you they'll let you know. Yeah, they'll tell you. <laughs> right? It's because this, there's this belief that, look how I've poured into this and, and how it's made it better. The truth is, you know, in general, you know, they have alternative sleeping hours, uh, alternative nutrition strategies, and um, sometimes it disconnects them from traditional social events, right? I mean, right. that's what my wife coaches. She helps the plus ones who are married to ultra athletes learn how to cope in an unsocial or an, an asocial world where it's, right. the rules are a lot different. Um, and although there's pretty much always a day when a ultra runner or a triathlete stops, not, that's not true for everybody, but in general, there's a day when they generally stop and throttle back, whether it's age or injury related. Breathing's no such thing. You're going to do that literally, no pun intended, till your last breath. Right. And um, that makes this such an easy sell to an intellectually thoughtful athlete. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, you do this regardless of what happens with you and that expensive bike or you and that weightlifting machine that is in your basement, uh, you're going to keep the breathing thing and you'll be able to practice it literally all your days. And you may or may not be able to bench 400 when you're 70, but you're still going to be able to breathe. Right. Well, we hope. And, uh, uh, you know, for, so the, the, the older you get, because the breathing leads to relaxation, mm-hmm. the relaxed muscles, which gives you muscle efficiency. Uh, so, it, you know, so many people, as they get older, the big fear is falling. Uh, so That's the, right. the fall becomes, it's from the tension. Uh, so if you can be more relaxed, your balance is better, you're l- much less likely to fall. Mm. So you know, if you're you know, a, you know, a, a, an older person and uh, you're going up a step and your foot doesn't quite clear that next step if you exhale the body relaxes and you don't fall Mm. if you hold the breath the body tenses it gets taller and and there's the fall you know um before you came over this morning um today i had two workouts and i did both of them this morning i had um speed work which i'm running four by four hundreds after doing a couple of k of warm-up and um I killed it. I had a great first workout. I was loose. I had taken the time to warm up correctly, stretching all the things that are right. I did them. Great performance. Throw in 101s for a 400. Mm-hmm. Considering you're in your 50s, that's really fast. Right. I'm not going to get an Olympic gold, but I'll take it, right? Yeah. Um, then I switched over. As soon as I finished that, I went to some strength stuff, specifically max weights. This time of year, you do that as you get ready for ultra endurance stuff. You can't max out on the weights when you're training for a hundred mile, whatever it is. Right. And, um, did not have as much success. And I was, I'm thinking as you were talking when I was doing leg presses and squats this morning, how daggum tense I was. And I'm, right. I'm recalling it. I'm like reliving that memory of tension. Yeah. And I remember, um, one of my sets when I had a heavier weight, I stopped early and I stopped early cause I could smell that phrase is appropriate. And emotionally smell that I had a chance of getting injured if I move this thing three more times. Right. And I said, I'm not going to do that. Now that I replay it, I'm thinking, hmm, had I had been as loose on the strength work as I was when I was running, I wonder if I would have finished my, what I started. 
not that I'm worse off for not finishing, but there's this thing about finishing that right. creates all kinds of senses of accomplishment and identity, credibility, you name it. It's uh, your identity gets caught up in, do you say what you said? Do you do what you said you were going to do? Yes or no? Right. And I'm, I'm just thinking out loud with that. I'm just talking out loud uh, for the audience. Haven't you guys had a moment or two when you swore you were going to do something and you didn't and you replay the why and you don't really have a good answer? I'm wondering how often that is not related to tension, which therefore could probably be fixed or at least partially rectified by yep. getting good at breathing. Oh, you're good. Yep. Any, anytime you feel frustration or that tension, you can almost always rectify it by mm-hmm. going back to proper breathing. So, uh, and a lot of it is you know, understanding how to breathe properly. Mm-hmm. And then you can start working on the sympathetic nervous system to deprogram a lot of these stressors. Um, you know, what, one of the breathing drills that we do, and this is one, one I love doing is, uh, uh, now of course I talk about breathing continually. If you do breath holds with relaxation, then you can uh, really affect, again, these other body systems, vascular system, nervous system, and so on. Uh, but one of the drills that we do to train the anatomic nervous system to, to remain calm is we'll do breath holds while we're doing work. So uh, the typical one is I'll do uh, uh, exhale, hold my breath, do one push-up. Then I'll get up, I'll recover so I get my heart rate back down everything back to normal do a breath hold do two same thing and then up to 10 20 however many push-ups on that breath hold and what will happen is it might be at 15 where I get that little bit of doubt and then I find I start to build tension and then I just relax that tension and then just work through and it's amazing how you can train yourself now to when you feel that tension and you become aware where the tension is in your body and you're able to isolate it, relax it, and then go on with the work. So from an athletic training standpoint, the ability to do that can, I believe, definitely enhance your workout. And then when you're competing and uh, it's, it's like the runner that you were talking about or the triathlete on the running part, he's starting to fall behind and, and, so in his mind, he's starting to judge himself, and that's creating tension and all. So mm-hmm. you can learn through proper breathing how to calm the psyche, eliminate you know that that stressor, and then get back to optimal function. Right. So um, I don't know <laughs> if there's anything that you can share in the moment, other than that I'm going to have some notable comments here in the post log here about what people can possibly do. But the one thing I want you to chat about here at the very end is you mentioned you went to the Optimal Breathing School. Right. Talk about that for a second. Yeah, so, uh, gentleman, Michael uh, White, uh, uh, developed, uh, well, he, he studied breathing and then developed processes for improving your breathing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I went to the school as, uh, you know, one of, one of the methods I was trying to just learn how, how to breathe properly. And I learned quite a lot from him. So, uh, uh, you know, he, he talked about the functions of breathing and, t- and taught that, uh, how proper breath affects so many of the other body systems and simple 
uh, things that anybody can do to start to go back to breathing the way that we, we did when we were born. Mm. Um, How long was that class, school? It was, I think it was about four days. Uh, and all. It was pretty, pretty intense. Good investment? Uh, well, absolutely. Yeah. You absolutely. do it again? Uh, yes. Yeah, you got to sell that, Tim. That's, that ought to be your day job. Yeah. Selling breathing school classes. Yeah. Uh, and it, what was interesting, one of these students was a Qigong master. Uh, so, and he was very uh, enthusiastic about the class and what he was learning there. Um, yeah, so, you know, optimal breathing. Uh, I know Michael's got a website and, uh, you know, he's got uh, you know, videos and all that you can purchase for that. Well, I'll put that at the little footer there. Yep. Tim, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for listening to this chapter of Threshold Stories, Crossing Thresholds, One Story at a Time. Ready to cross more thresholds with me in two weeks. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me directly. You can find me on LinkedIn or on my Facebook page at Jeff Gora Team USA. 